0: Hi, I'm Chud X.
1: And I'm Lanny.
0: And this is The World As It Is Today.
1: Well, hello, everybody.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us again on The World that It Is uh, Wait.
0: The World As It Is Today. That's what you meant.
1: <laughs> I'll get it in post. And just,
0: just remember the Art Bears album, and you'll always remember the name of the podcast.
1: That, that's really helpful for most normal people that yeah, know it, who Yeah, because everybody listens
0: is. to Art Bears. Yeah.
1: So we don't really have a plan today of what we're going to talk about. How's, we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds.
0: I'm bringing nothing to the table.
1: I would expect nothing less <laughs> <laughs> than nothing. Um, yeah. I
0: could tell you I've had a... Uh, a long and frustrating day working for the man (laughs) day job got me down today Mm. which happens
1: it happens from time to time but you don't bring it home with you. you bring it home with you but you don't take it out on your family so thank you for that
0: yeah i don't in the traditional ways i don't um you know beat you guys up
1: you're not snappy. In, instead, so, you know, you're not uh, when we you say, what you know Ugh, like some people get when they're grumpy.
0: Instead, maybe you have to deal with me playing some really annoying music because I'm just trying to get my mind off of things. But you can handle it.
1: Yeah, it's not.
0: S- it might be considered abuse in a in, in a court. You know, <laughs> like if the judge heard that shit, they'd be like, ah. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> that's know. not okay. Or you'll spend longer cleaning the chicken coop or feeding the chickens yeah yeah and that's okay I'm I took a right.
0: I took a walk today
1: That's you know, good.
0: through the through the woods I, I love our woods we could just talk about our property
1: <laughs> yeah we could talk about our homestead
0: it's a it's a beautiful place where we live we're we're incredibly lucky to be where we are
1: yeah as well luck and and a lot of hard work for generations
0: yeah yeah this land was cleared by My great-grandfather in 1906 or so.
1: Great-grandpa, yeah.
0: My great-grandfather.
1: So our son's great-great-grandpa.
0: Right. Yeah. And he built this house, and that would be him, my grandfather, my father, me, and now my son's is fifth generation in this home. Incredible.
1: Yeah, fifth generation. I think my favorite part when I talk about the property is um, mentioning the pear tree. Mm -hmm. Because the pear tree was planted by your great-grandfather's dad as a gift to him when they moved on the property, as I understand it.
0: Yeah, something along those lines.
1: And so that would be your Mm great-great-grandpa. So our son's Mm great-great-great-grandpa, right? So that's the sixth generation that is been here on this land and uh not as an owner but you know his dad was a nearby neighbor and he's got a footprint here
0: yeah his Gottlieb was my great-great-grandfather and he owned 160 acres that is just to the east of here Mm-hmm. And it was a big, big, I mean, 160 acres. That's, you know, that's more it's than hard I. hard
1: for me to imagine, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can look on a map and go, oh, yeah, okay. That was about that. And I kind of know where a couple of the lines were. So i like, yeah, yeah, okay, I can kind of picture that, which he, I think he did pretty well buying that and then slowly selling it off. And for most of his time there had 80 of that, 160 acres and by the time he passed away he still had 40 acres and that's all within sight of not from our house but from our property if you go out to the to the um eastern side of our property you can see a house that he built uh it was also in between here and there was my great let's see it would be great great grandfather from the other side um he built a house there and raised a daughter who met my great-grandfather and she got married and now and then she became my great-grandmother. So wow. they were neighbors. They were neighbors.
1: Yeah.
0: Neighbor country bumpkins.
1: And then when they married, they bought this 40 acres.
0: Yeah. Which was, I, you know, I, I said at the beginning of this that he cleared this in 1906, which was what, it's like the story in my head. But more recently, um, I'd read it before, but it just didn't really hit me that there's there's a description of this area for my great grandfather, which says when he bought the property, it was nothing but stumps and brush, which means this area had been logged pre 1906.
1: So he didn't. Ju- he probably did cut down some trees because we know that they used some of the cedar trees for the to, to go to the local mill and then for the wood to build the home we're sitting in but I think he, a lot of what he did was clear stumps Yeah, And the evidence of that today would be a bunch of uh, really cool wooden uh, dynamite crates that were left in what we use uh, as our chicken coop now mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know a uh, funny little story I don't know if it's funny or sad but uh, it's nostalgic and fun for me is um, I don't know maybe it's not that much fun But it's nostalgic nonetheless. My grandfather, in his old age, he lived to be well over 90. Uh, There was a day when I came here to this house. He was still living in here, and he was like 92, and he had a look of fear in his eyes, and he needed me to go up to this little nook in the attic because he was certain that there was a box of dynamite still sitting there and it was live and that it was he just needed me to go get my eyes on it so that we could call someone to remove it because it would be so unstable it would have been a hundred years old or whatever Um, but alas I I went up I looked real thorough and since then we've completely clean this place out. Okay,
1: so you're telling me I don't need to worry that there's possibly dynamite somewhere?
0: I am positive that there is no visible dynamite in this house.
1: <laughs> so they just insulated the walls with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, there's nothing left in here. And that was it was a it was a moment of dementia. I never thought of him as being a demented guy. That's why I say it's fun, but at the same time, you know, that's it, it's a sensitive time for me because he he died not too long after that. And, um, you know, it's things like he
1: got a thought stuck in his head and it wasn't, he couldn't, uh, sort it out. I, yeah. I
0: came here after work. I'd been working all day and I, I would, at that time I used to come visit him every day, uh, just, you know, spend a half hour, hour with him. And, and I could tell it was, this was something he was it was driving him nuts all day. He was concerned that the house could blow up or something to that effect.
1: So was that the attic like the opening next to where the chimney runs? The attic, attic?
0: The attic, attic? Yeah, well, you mean up you, up is, above? Yeah. No.
1: Is it one was it one of the closets?
0: Yeah, what we yeah. call the low ceiling room? Yeah. The one that's on the left, so away oh, yeah. from okay. the chimney. Yeah. Uh, in that attic section over okay. there.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of closets inside closets and attic space they used every possible space in this house it's not wasteful at all mm-hmm. and we're in our lovely basement recording this which i feel so lucky to have this space even um it just makes the house feel so much bigger
0: well even you know you're saying we used uh, they used every bit of space like i can see from right here you probably can't but from where i'm sitting. Right over there is a little pop-out that might not make any sense whenever you walk by. It's like we keep that little 22 right yeah, next to uh-huh. that little spot there. Yeah. So in the back of the closet in our bedroom, there's that second little door. Oh, yeah. That's that pop-out. Right, totally. Because, you know, that's where the stairs are going up, and the stairs are coming down, and there's just this spot. So, hey, why not cut a hole there and put or a Make another cabinet. closet
1: in <laughs> a closet in yeah, a closet. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So um, my family... does not have roots in the U.S. for nearly as long, so I find it really fascinating. Um, My family was, my mom was first generation Italian, so like the family history is all overseas, somewhere else, and while that's also extremely interesting, and my grandma's story of coming to America and all of that was something I was pretty proud of when I was a little kid. Like raising my kids in the home that their great great grandpa built is like some of the coolest stuff, and not only that, but when we decided to have a home birth with our second son, um, when we you know a year after we moved in here, it just felt really right to have him be born on this property.
0: Yeah, he's not. It's it's kind of wild that he's not the first person from our family to be born in this house. There was a long gap in between. The previous one was 1916, I think, is when,
1: yeah, because when the my grandpa's the, your, brother was born. Well, your parents, your dad's generation would have been born in hospitals because that was all the rage at that time in the, in the early 50s. Uh, and the hospital was pretty close by. But before that, it was not normal for people in like more rural areas, especially to go to the hospital for a a birth because in case uh, anyone listening didn't know, not know childbirth in and of itself is not a medical emergency. Yeah.
0: It's a, well, I don't know. I thought it was considered a medical condition.
1: They do. They do. And (laughs) you know what? Isn't that insane? So many weird things. Like uh, if you're 35 or over, that's called advanced maternal age, AMA. So when I had the last baby that was written on all my stuff, they also at times call that a geriatric pregnancy. Wow. God, <laughs> so stupid. It was geriatric. <laughs> it was dangerous. You know, they wanted me to have all these additional testing done. And I was like, it was, I was going to need another ultrasound when I was 36 weeks. And this was my pretty natural home, um, home birth midwife, but she had to tell me to do this because the state had required it, uh, for if they were helping women over a certain age. And so I kind of told the baby, I was like, I think you're ready. And if you are, can you come before that ultrasound? Cause I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. And he came the day before our appointment. <laughs> so I could, how, so I was able to call and cancel.
0: How do you feel about ultrasounds now?
1: Well, I have, um, so I I don't know like the last time we did it it was not as fun as the first time because it was some of the only times that you and I have gone somewhere and worn a mask.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot. So got we about didn't
1: that. do masking during our midwife stuff. Did you do two on the last one. Yeah, because the, we had one ultrasound and it was supposed to just be the only one and it was just to check the gender and do all the measurements to make sure there's no problems. Um, because I ha- didn't want to do any of the amnios antesis, or whatever it's called, blood work for the baby to see if they had Down syndrome or the other things. So they do measurements to tell. But he was being um, coy and wouldn't flip over, so they couldn't measure part of his face. He kept mm. putting his hand over his face and wouldn't flip. Um, so we had to go back like a week later or two weeks later and do it again. So it wasn't nearly as fun to do an ultrasound because we had to wear masks and it was just uncomfortable. But also, um, I, you know, just thinking more than I did now, even after this last baby, uh, but even the prior eight years that or seven years that I was a mother before my second pregnancy, it's like, what is an ultrasound? Well, it's sound waves that penetrate water so well. It's like sonar so that it can see what's inside because based on the way the sound bounces off stuff is how I understand it.
0: Yeah. I think the first ones were done by dolphins, right?
1: Right. It's dolphin dolphin (laughs) technology. So I, um, also heard, I think it was Sally Fallon Morell on the wise traditions podcast talking about, or maybe it was in one of her books I was reading. It was like ultrasounds sound like a freight train going through the womb to the infant. And I was like, Oh shit. I didn't really think about that. What it would sound in there. Them and you know everyone gets excited because the baby starts bouncing around and wiggling, but is that because it sounds scary in there for the first time? They're in this like water world with like muffled sound, and then all of a sudden this blaring horn comes through. It's just uh, so nice I got and I got two
0: two opposite thoughts on that. When I first when that first really hit me, like wow, we're able to image these. These babies with sound, then it immediately go, I go through this, like, how fucked up must that be for the baby? You're being measured by having sound blasted over you. I mean, we don't hear it, but I don't know. It's like, there's, I mean, it's going to be, I, I mean, I'm just assuming it goes through the baby as well, you know, like to some degree, like, yeah. it, like they have to dial it in that it's not too much through and not too light on the front, you know, like uh, I, I'm sure there's actually, uh, I have an uncle who's a, who, who's a sonar technician. Yeah. Did you know that? Yes. Uh, one who also has a long yeah. beard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never talked to him about that. Cause he was always a painter when I was yeah. a kid that it's like a newer thing. that yeah. he, he became like, and by newer, I mean like 20 years ago, right. he became uh, a, yeah. a sonar technician and I kind of fell out with him. But, um, but yeah, I, I, at first, it seemed really harsh when I just thought that out. But then, uh, you know, I mentioned I was obviously joking. Uh, the first ones were done by dolphins. And I think, well, wait a second, though. It, I mean, and I don't know. I don't know shit about shit. And I'm sure that it's worse when it's an electromagnetic device that's doing <laughs> it. But dolphins are doing that all the time, like underwater are pretty sea creatures being negatively affected by dolphins or, or bats. I think also use a
1: sonar, yeah, yeah. you know,
0: like and is,
1: is it whales using that as well? I think a lot of
0: do they, I know their voices are cool do. as shit.
1: I'm going to need to do some Googling after this one.
0: Don't Google, <laughs> no, don't do Google it. it. <laughs> um, but like the, I don't know. Like I have these two conflicting thoughts. Is like one, like you, the way you put it, is like an extreme of what I've thought. It's like a freight train of sound, blasting. Someone who's otherwise floating in a warm liquid, just existing. And then suddenly they're hit by all this sound. That sounds horrible, but at the same time, well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's more normal than we can uh, imagine. But then you bring in the electronic
1: aspect. Yeah, of just it. even going into that doctor's office with the lights and the buzzing and all of the Wi Fi and the anxiety of all of the different staff and everyone's vibes, like that alone, to me, seems like it wouldn't be good for a pregnant lady and a fetus. But
0: it absolutely astounds me when you say that, you know, like when I just think about And I say out loud that, like, what a hospital is and the idea that that's the first place that, like, uh, for all intents and purposes, everyone today comes into this world in that environment. Yeah. And if we didn't know that before 2020, everyone that's listening to something like this knows now. Holy shit. That's a bad place. That's not a good place. That is not a good place. Well,
1: I I'm thankful for everything that happened in 2020 for the one, (laughs) neither (laughs) am I, but I have to find a silver lining or make the best of a bad situation. It's that it pushed me into, uh, doing the home birth. Whereas I think the first time I ruled that out as an option, because, um, doctors say y- if you're overweight, you're high risk. Uh-huh. And I'm a big girl and, um, I'm healthy and I'm like on my feet all the time. And I'm very, I'm agile, like Chris Farley, like, you know, doing the worm <laughs> and stuff in that one Chippendales. You're healthy. You're... <laughs> you know, I'm healthy, not yeah. Chris Farley at all, <laughs> but it's, um, still you get a, 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 check mark on your chart or whatever that you're a high risk a pregnancy if, if, and it's all based on a BMI. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, is it BMI related? Because that is a big is load ridiculous of
1: shit. Because if you look into the BMI calculations and what that uh, was actually invented and intended for was to measure the, the um, weight of a population, not... Of an individual, yeah. So it only works on a large scale with lots of numbers. With an individual, it doesn't take into account the makeup of the body. It also, if you look at it like, um, I don't know, the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is obese. I
0: guarantee you, he's obese. Yeah, and uh,
1: Arnold is obese.
0: I am borderline. Like I, I messed with it, it was a while back.
1: Yeah, it could be overweight.
0: Like if I gained like five pounds, I'm considered obese, and I'm not. <laughs> no, you're like
1: thin and like flat stomach.
0: But it has to do with like the height versus, you know, like whatever. Yeah. It's not taking muscle tone into account. No, it's it's not horrible... taking fucking yeah. anything into account. It's 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 absolutely asinine that, that anybody uses that as a point of reference. You maybe set me straight. I never actually looked back into it, but I thought I thought somewhere in my head, I maybe I just made it up when I was used to drink um, <laughs> that that the BMI was somehow used for, like, psychic readings or something?
1: No. No? Yeah, you didn't know no. what the hell I
0: was talking about, and I decided to... I, I don't know where I got that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I looked into it pretty deeply um, when I was... Well, really, my my first big understanding of a, of a PSYOP was the food system, and when I was learning all about that, it was this obesity epidemic that we're allegedly having, and that is, um, the BMI is what that's based on. And they've even changed the, the the ranking with the BMI a couple of times, kind of tweaking things to make sure as many people as possible fit into that obese category. You pay more for insurance and they want to do more interventions and give you more medication if you are uh, considered obese. Mm-hmm. There's Oh, more, there's morbid obesity after that. And then there's another one like ultra morbid or something. Nice. <laughs> like, yeah, like super extra, super extra. My sense of
0: humor is ultra morbid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It's ultra morbidly obese. Um, so anyway, the, the first pregnancy, I just thought that I didn't have the option to have the baby at home. And so I decided to do a lot of research and do, uh, no intervention hospital at birth but that's nearly impossible uh, really because they're just so it's like you're on a conveyor belt and you're moving through uh, a warehouse and everyone's plugging you into a different part and checking checking the chart and if you don't do the things that they're expecting you to do it really throws the whole conveyor belt off kilter and they get confused so the staff is like wait what you don't want an epidural wait what you don't want medication well we still need to put this iv in your hand just in case and you still can't eat anything you know just just in case and i remember at one point i said
0: and you certainly can't have sex with your husband you know <laughs> you can't you can't but i'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking but i'm kind of like i don't know there's all kinds of stuff that we know about birth that." is intimate oh yeah i would never feel comfortable with it in a hospital
1: setting no well because like ina may is a great um the grand wizard of midwives (laughs) and she always said what what brings the baby out uh what puts the baby in brings them out it's like intimacy and love kissing holding each other Mm -hmm. and that's that helps you feel comfortable and helping you feel comfortable allows you to open and that's what giving birth is if there's fear or tension or anxiety or nervousness your body won't open and so if you go to a hospital that's inherently part of being in a hospital is being nervous and anxious mm-hmm. so you can't open fully if you have an audience of people yelling at you to push or lay on your back or
0: well that is if you're doing it the stubborn way if you do it the way they say you should do it which is get drugged up out of your mind you won't even know
1: that they they just cut you open and pull it out and both you and I were cut and pulled out of our mothers.
0: Yeah, neither of us were born. Naturally. <laughs> we, we did not come through the vaginal canal.
1: And uh, that I, to me is really disappointing.
0: I honestly, I feel, I, di- I, I mean, I didn't ever think about this through my whole childhood and even a good portion of my adulthood. But like when I really think about it, I almost feel robbed. I mean, you know, don't tell my mom I said that. I wouldn't make her feel horrible saying that.
1: Um, I I sent her a link to the Oh, (laughs) did you? Oh, good, good. (laughs) Um, Listen.
0: I wouldn't wouldn't want to, like, you know, I'm not mad at anybody for the way it went down. Maybe I'm mad at doctors as a whole for the way it went down. But I don't know. I think that there's something, I know, I don't think, I know that there's something magical that happens during birth. And I mean birth not surgery that results in a baby. And I'm not, I know that there might be extreme cases. There's always someone who raises their hand and says, well, I have a situation. But I mean, just in general, I I think that the human experience begins, well, really, I think it begins a good bit before, but this experience of the outside world begins with a with a with a trip down the the vaginal canal and I, I think we need that I think it's part of everything about us
1: so what I've read a lot about is the the bacteria that's in that space if it's if it's cared for correctly meaning that oftentimes it's um, standard to put an IV antibiotic into a mom. Uh, when she's in labor so that she's basically sterilized before she gives birth. So that would be an exception, but in a natural setting, the bacteria that coats the baby on the way out is their their that's their immune system because they have none yet, Mm -hmm. you know, they are just developing. So there's that. And then also they're squeezed during their trip down the birth canal and it helps expel the amniotic fluid from the baby's lungs Mm -hmm. because when the fetus is in there, and the amniotic fluid, to get their lungs used to things, they're actually breathing that liquid. So they're inhaling that into their lungs. And then as soon as they come out, they need to expel that liquid. So the squeeze helps them expel their, you know, squeeze their lungs so all of that liquid comes out. So that that first breath, when they come in, fills their lungs with oxygen, with air.
0: Absolutely. Like that. those things make a lot of sense, almost like scientifically. Yeah. But then there's also an element that I think cannot be expressed properly without a word like magic. Yeah. Like, I think that it's part of a journey that we all are intended to go through before beginning our life on the outside.
1: Right. And I think, um, well, you got a front row seat to to that experience for our our one-year-old. Mm-hmm. And you got like a kind of off to the side <laughs> where you can't really see the the stage seat uh, for our first son because they yeah. uh, they really pushed you out of the way when you're in the no, hospital. They didn't want
0: me there. They, I mean, like I, you know, I kind of wanted to be there and stuff, but it becomes this like like no. Hey kid, we're working, you know, all of a sudden I'm that, I'm the little kid who's, who's in the shop when, you know, Hey, there's steel beams coming through here. You're not (laughs) supposed to be here. You know, like,
1: yeah. And there's nurses and everybody's just cleaning up really fast and so you don't see, I didn't see, I didn't see if I had bled. I didn't see my placenta that bothered me. uh, Not right away, but after about a year, I remember I asked after I was holding him for a few minutes I said, do I still need the placenta out? And she said, oh, no, honey, it's, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And and then she was stitching me, and she was stitching me because I had been cut. She cut you. They cut me.
0: They did not need to do that.
1: No. So it's just like I didn't want interventions, so I didn't take pain medicine. And I'm still proud of that. I Great I think job. I still got something from that experience because I went through something that was – you know, challenging to do. And I did it on my own. And I felt it was like a euphoria afterwards. Like, I think I remember telling you, this isn't as big as a deal as everybody says. I can do that again right now. Let's go. But they did give me Pitocin because they seriously got tired of waiting. And I, I really think like I was stalled that last two centimeters because there was a fussy nurse there that didn't want me walking around and she seemed anxious and she had the 11 to seven o'clock shift. And they decided right at the end of her shift to give me Pitocin. And I just kind of said yes, because I was also tired and I didn't know my rights and I didn't know what was reason, I just wasn't as educated about it as I am now.
0: They were, they were really selling it to you.
1: And, and it was my family doctor that I had had since I was a child. She's delivered a thousand babies, and literally. and Was he your last one? Um, she, I, maybe her last one, cause she wasn't even taking OB patients anymore. Uh-huh. She wasn't taking pregnant ladies as patients, but uh, she'd That's known needed. me since I was little, Neither but so, there. you know, she, I knew, knew she knew what she was doing. And I think I at some point at a visit, I had said, I, I didn't want an episiotomy, which is when they intentionally cut you as the baby's coming out because they are concerned the baby's stuck. And I'm sorry, that is not how things work at all. And if you needed to.
0: You always he a plunger, right? <laughs> you,
1: you, they have those too. It's really fucked up, right. but you would tear your body would tear. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, you've worked in a kitchen a long time. If you get a brand new knife and you cut yourself, it takes a lot longer for that cut to heal than it does if you like tear or scrape your skin, mm-hmm. because when your skin tears, it has like little, like uneven parts, frayed parts at the end. And they kind of stitch themselves back together and heal easier mm-hmm. than a really clean cut. Yeah, it's, the it's the hard hardest the
0: hardest cuts are the sharper the knife like even more than a kitchen uh razor blades. You know, you remember uh, a couple of years ago I was cutting that hole in the dashboard of the of the Chevy. Yeah. to put in that Oh yeah. And it and
1: You're
0: I would taken the part out. I don't I don't quite remember, but I was doing it with a with a blade and it was difficult at first, but I started getting the hang of it and then all of a sudden it just slipped out and I just jammed that freaking thing into my thumb. Mhm. I mean, I really cut my thumb deep with that razor blade, and I've I've gotten a lot of cuts in my life, but that was like the longest one I just kept ever
1: opening because and, it was yeah. so.
0: And I and I and I think we talked about about the cut with the birth and all yeah. of that at that time. Like you know, like a, when it was not fully healed, like because you kept later. saying
1: my f- cut on my thumb is worse than your childbirth. <laughs> oh, <No>. constantly, <laughs> I
0: I say that about everything though. You know? <laughs> I stubbed my toe.
1: It was worse than either of
0: your births. Um, well, okay. So I just want to point out here with all these things, uh, you know, the way they're cleaning up, the way I'm not allowed to take a look around. I'm in a busy shop yeah. because these these hospital want people want you out are, of the way. You're uh, not helping. Yeah. Uh, the way um, people get tired of waiting around, you know, because the, these people are working, right? And they're trying to make money. And let's go all the way back. To, towards the beginning of when we were talking about birth here and you mentioned the geriatric birth yeah and obesity uh-huh. and all of those things well they want those oh yeah I know they want you to be deemed to be unhealthy by their fucked up standards so that they can I, I can't remember what quite what you said but you said something about I think specifically with obesity that there's different regimens that need to be taken or maybe it was geriatric stuff that you need maybe to... Oh, yeah. It, they're going to suggest both, different it, Rockefeller medicines Both of
1: to those take. Th- things qualify you for a, a lot more testing. And if you go mm-hmm. the conventional route, there is a ton. And if you try to go the natural route, well, the state has gotten their way into natural birth as well. Because if you choose a licensed midwife, they have to adhere to the, some laws based on keeping their license. So... They have to recommend certain things and you can say, no, thank you. Uh, But there's certain things that they have to do. And there are certain things that they can't do in order to keep their license. So like in most states, it's not legal for a home, uh, for a midwife to attend a home birth of someone who's having a childbirth at home after having a cesarean section during a previous pregnancy. What? So, So there's some risks there's some risks they used there used to be more because they used to cut you in a different direction it was di- and sew you up differently okay. but there's a chance that your previous scar can rupture and that your uterus would rupture inside your body and it would be uh, devastating if that happened
0: so they're predicting that you're more likely to have an un- i'm going to say unrelated medical emergency because of your scar
1: because of your previous medical uh, intervention, Yes.
0: Yeah, okay. So,
1: basically, they would recommend that all women who had a, a cesarean previously would have a cesarean again. Really? Yeah. So, can Fine. you imagine being cut open in the same place and sewn back up? Not just cut open. Cut open through layers and layers of your skin all the way to an organ. Like, it's Dude, so many... I-
0: stomach wounds are well known to be the worst.
1: Right. And to cut yourself intentionally, I mean, it's yes, of course, if the mother's going to die in that moment. But the problem is is yeah. that doctors that are delivering children in hospitals don't know what physiological childbirth is. Because right. they don't study that in school. They study the interventions and the safety measures and the problems that occur. They don't understand but that. All you
0: need is a rope in a cave and you're good.
1: Yes. <laughs> and maybe not even a rope. I, I, but I'll I mean, I that. thought that would have been cool. Like we should hang something from the barn if we do it again. So do like, that would be fun. Yeah. If we could next time plan to manger? have a summertime situation so that we, I would want to go outside more, (laughs) but we don't ever plan. plan (laughs) We don't ever plan, but, uh, yeah. So the midwife can't attend a home birth. If the mom had previous had a cesarean, she also can't attend a a home birth for um, multiples. So you can't have twins at home, but what if you're
0: known to have, um, um, what's, uh, Monica Perez's, uh, Oh,
1: if you have a problem, like, um, like, what do you mean? Uh, down syndrome? Down syndrome. Yeah. So if you have a, if you, if you, well, you know that
0: you're going to have, if you Down know Down syndrome. you're going to have
1: a problem like that, they would probably have to turn you away. Sure. Yeah. There's probably stuff that they could find during the ultrasound that they would turn you away for, which is also really interesting because in Monica's situation, she spoke to me and she said that, um, they didn't know i think i don't i think she had an ultrasound and they didn't see that the baby had these problems she didn't know before she didn't know until the baby was there so she was warning me be careful if you're having a baby at home because the you know it was scary for her when yeah. when uh, uh, the the down syndrome often have very short umbilical cords so they can't uh, come all the way through the birth canal without the placenta detaching the placenta needs to be attached. So the baby continues to get oxygen until they're breathing on their own. Mm -hmm. And then it's supposed to attach. So the cord's supposed to be long enough that they can come all the way out and have the placenta still attached. So, Man, There's that must have been these, scary. Yeah, Monica been Perez totally is, scary. Uh,
0: is an amazing person yeah. for going through that
1: and and, and for sharing everything. that with me during my pregnancy when she was my my pen pal. I'm
0: I'm not even mad that she recommended you not have a home birth. <laughs> and it wasn't even she a recommendation; didn't even recommend it was just it.
1: said, you know, just keep these things in mind, which I appreciated, and she didn't say it in a, a scary way. And uh, it's so, not anything. Some people I, do. Yeah. Some people. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. You're going to need to have an epidural. If you have back labor like I did, you'll need to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand what back labor was until we had the son. It's because of the, the, the way the baby was facing. So they're supposed to be ideally head down, right? So when the head is up and the feet are down, that's called breach. Uh, midwives, if the baby's breach uh, and they're aware of it, are also, I think, not supposed to have uh, home births. At that point. Um, But a really skilled midwife and the way we used to be, you know, a midwife was somebody who was in the community, a family member, a sister, a cousin that would attend a birth and and they would just come to hold space for a woman so that they could be comfortable and have all the time that they needed but midwives today with the licenses they're also bound to if your water is broken for a certain number of hours then you have they have to send you to the hospital or if you test positive for a certain type of bacteria prior they have to give you antibiotics or send you to a hospital so it's um it's not now that I've had a home birth with a midwife who was great like just to say we've talked about all the bad stuff but our son was born at home, and we labored together here for the entire day. And our midwife arrived 15 minutes before he was out, and she did not put her hands on me. Um, I was never checked or anything, and um, Chad caught his son and was the first person to look at him.
0: think shot out like a football. <laughs>
1: You don't understand sports or know sports well.
0: Well, I, just because I know more about home birth than sports doesn't mean I'm a pussy.
1: <laughs> it doesn't. That makes you really awesome. But he—he he was, you know, he was held by someone who loved him, and and passed to me right away, and and I we weren't interfered with. There was no one trying to to put medicine on the baby or take him away from us to clean him up. Uh, he kept his cord on and, and for me to look at it and I could see the placenta and I, I knew when I was giving birth to the placenta like everything happened in its own time and I wasn't rushed. The only I think the only regret I have about the home birth is that we watched Loaded Weapon 1, One. <laughs> with Emilio Estevez. Great. Great movie, and that's just a joke. I have no regrets. That was amazing. And
0: and when you said we watched it, we watched it, what, three hours before he was yeah.
1: Born? I we watched it when I was in transition, which yeah, I didn't realize I was. in We were like just
0: kind of trying to kill time. Like, <laughs> I was I was timing some contractions, which I was apparently doing a very bad job. Which
1: at. I had instructed you to do that wrong. I didn't understand. So yeah, we miscalculated my the length of my contractions.
0: But well, yeah, because. Uh, his brother had been his his grandmother had stopped by that day and we were like you know this i think it might be today i think it might be and she just said well i'll just take i'll just take his brother
1: yeah, now, so my, my oldest son had decided he, he would stay at Grandma's and that he didn't want to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, we had lots of, I, I, I kind of wanted him here, but you know, uh, whatever. He
1: went back and forth too, but that's where we landed, so he went with Grandma early so in the day. it was
0: just the two of us. I was hanging out, I was getting high as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I was a little drunk, took some mushrooms. <laughs>
1: You haven't no. drank in several years. <laughs> this is, you're confusing your Ooh. stories.
0: Oh right, right. It was, that,
1: that was the first birth.
0: That was my, that <laughs> was my first one. That was the hospital birth. Uh, no, it was. Uh, we we were just, we were just hanging out all day, basically, mm. taking care of ourselves. I mean, I was in and out. I was going you, outside. You you were
1: and... on the tractor mowing the field for like, for like five hours. <laughs> Really? At least.
0: I feel well. Even I mean, five hours. Five hours is not a long day. Like if no, that's all I did that day. No, you started early and
1: you did that, and then I was like, I cleaned. If and I did that in basic and
0: chores, it's like that's a short day, and then we're just that. Like I, I, I distinctly. I mean, maybe it was only a few hours, but it 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 felt like a long time that we just spent together. Yeah. Holding each other, being with each other, right. relaxing. Watching loaded weapon one, <laughs>
1: laughing together. Loaded yeah.
0: weapon one,
1: <laughs> it's the only one. <laughs> <I> know, <but laughs> it's it's, so it's awesome. in the title. I love it.
0: Uh, but yeah, that was a uh, well. You know, I mean, just to compare it to our first son, real briefly, which I won't go way into, but I'll just say, the first one was in a hospital, where we were surrounded by EMFs. We were in the way of people who were working. And we got through it and it was the most wonderful day of my life at that time. And then essentially eight years later, seven years later, uh, we did that again in the way that we've been describing. And that was a spiritual experience that will never, ever leave me. Um, the, the hospital, I mean, not that that will leave me, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain what I'm trying to say, but one was an experience that was great. The other was an evolution of my soul, I believe your soul, absolutely. and certainly his soul as he was born. Like, we really, really, really went through something together as a family.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. It was it was amazing. It was like it was amazing. It makes me want to do it again like a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean like getting there's fun too. <laughs> oh <know>? yeah. <laughs> so that's not bad. But it's uh it's just like it's so opposite of what the media tries to tell you and what family members tell you and what I mean really it's been for a hundred years now. Because around that time, the Rockefeller Medicine stuff, they decided that they could start to charge to have like these luxury labors in the hospital. And by, I think the 1920s, they were pretty standard doing the twilight birth method, which was, oh, I can't remember, was it just ether? It was, it was something that just knocked the lady, a gas that knocked the lady out. And when they woke up, they had a baby, but the stuff that happened to her when she was out is horrendous to read about. I mean, they would chain them down because although they were under this gas and not able to remember, they would still be moving and thrashing around and trying to get people to stop touching them. So they had to tie their hands and feet down and then remove uh, most of the births where the baby was removed with forceps, which is basically like tongs wrapped around the baby's head and pulled out. So babies would have bruises on their face from and head from the tongs, and so we've been told that if you're rich, you could go to the hospital, and if you were close enough to that, then just becoming standard, uh, commonplace. And it was at that time like doctors, men didn't typically um, attend births at all, like not even fathers. It was women coming together and taking care of one another when. And there would be younger girls there so that they would see what was happening and know what to expect when they gave birth. And and women knew that it was some part of inside of them that knows exactly what what needs to be done during that time.
0: Yeah.
1: And labor took as long as it, it needed to, and and there wasn't any rules. And then when the medical industry took over, just like everything else, it was a chart and a graph, and it had to fit into these boxes. Otherwise, well, otherwise, it was uh, an emergency. So, if your labor's too long, or your water is broken for too long, or you're not feeling your contractions enough, like they told me the first time, which just meant that I was dealing with them well. Um, it was. It's really sad um, that de-evolution, I guess, of mm-hmm. of the knowledge of of childbirth, and I think it's really come to the front of my mind. And I really feel thankful that I got to go through that. And I'm 2020, I think brought a lot of other people to this, not wanting to go to the hospital and thinking about it. And you know, people not wanting to get birth certificates and other things like that, that are standard practice in the hospital. And now there's even Crow triple seven has had a few people that had home births. Mm -hmm. He had a um, midwife on the other day, who was a point five. Yeah, it was, a, it was a point. It was a point .5 episode. Um, she, she, uh, she actually gave up her license so that she could treat women the way they wanted to be treated and not the way the state was telling her. And that's what I've been thinking about lately. Is there's people that call themselves birth keepers, or there's you know doulas that would you don't have they don't have to have a license. They're just birth support. Um, and, you know, maybe when I'm older and I'm not raising young kids, that would be uh, something I'd like to get into doing. Uh, but definitely for us, if we had to do it again, trying to find a midwife that you know, had had a lot of experience, but maybe didn't have a license so that we could just have that support without having the state in my our bedroom at all. You know,
0: you know, you spawned a thought in there for me that i i i hadn't applied to this but something i think about a lot i talk about a lot is um the the um the demasculating of men and turning men into boys who don't know how to do basic things Mm -hmm. right and uh you know uh like like the the really good example is providing food for yourself uh you know we're we're not breeding men who know how to uh, grow food, let alone raise animals, slaughter animals
1: process them. process
0: it store or h- hunt
1: or fish
0: hunting fishing like all these these are like really, really really good life skills that I think all men and a lot of women should have as well. And when you were just phrasing birth the way you did, I went, yeah, that's, that's it there. There's another thing that they're breeding out of us. The de-evolution. The de-evolution of, of mankind to where if, if like, you know, uh, if there was an apocalyptic situation right now and, uh, you know, uh, 90% of the population were gone and there's no more electricity and we had nothing. You better hope that at least one of that 10% that's left (laughs) knows a thing or two has had a home birth has attended them is a midwife, something along those lines, because just as you have the same risk that you better hope that some of those men know how to provide food for people. If no one, if everyone, I mean, just a poor, a horrible luck of the draw if you only have 10 people left on, on Earth and no one has ever had anything other than a knocked out C-section birth mm-hmm. n- and none of the men have ever provided any kind of food for anyone other than with a paycheck and and you know good luck with even that. But hopefully they've at least got a paycheck. But even if that, do they know how to create the food that, that they could get mm-hmm. with that previously? I mean... You know, if they had a paycheck, at least they could start trying, at least they have some sort of drive in them. But I mean, if you just had, if you just happen to have a bunch of people who are on welfare and, and then on top of that, no one who had ever gone through the birth process, well, you're fucked.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard, uh, to talk about this subject with women who have given birth, um, People in our community that have an open mind, it's easier, but people who have gone through the system and don't question it, they always have, whoa, I had to have this done because of blank. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say, well, that's what they told you, but you didn't know that they might not be right. Like they, you thought they were right and they thought they were right.
0: And everything came out okay. So you have evidence that.
1: Yeah, they were right. Well, I had a C-section and he was fine. Mm-hmm. But maybe you didn't need to, like those ultrasounds are not a hundred percent accurate. I even know someone who they said the baby was measuring so big that they needed to have an early birth. So they induced them. And I don't know if people know, but inductions are not often successful because your body is not ready to open and they try to force it with drugs. So they often end up in a C-section, which this did. And the baby was underweight. It was like five pounds Mm -hmm. because the measurements were wrong. It was not a 10 pound baby. It was half that size. And any midwife could tell you that just by feeling a belly.
0: They're not using that dolphin technology. They're just (laughs) checking it out and they could figure that out with their knowledge. See, that's who you want in the apocalypse. You yeah. Know, that's who you can want. Measure
1: that, from how many fingers from the top of your belly button to the top of your funda or whatever they call it. The which top is, of your uterus.
0: Which is why I mean we should encourage everyone to become educated in this stuff. Because I mean, the same as we should encourage like I mean, just to be sexist here, I'll say we should encourage all men to learn how to hunt, fish, grow food, slaughter animals, and be farmers. Right. And we should encourage all women to become, what should I say, doulas or midwives or birth, or keepers. birth yeah. keepers. Because if if everyone who we know in our types of communities became dialed in on these things, and I don't mean it to be sexist, like totally exclusive, Both sides should know both sides to, to whatever degree, but the more and more and more of us that know how to actually handle really, really real things ourselves, then we have nothing to fear.
1: Well, that's, I'm, that's what I was going to say. I think I know how to forage, and I've, I've spent a lot of more hours fishing in my childhood than you did. Mm-hmm. And my, I grew up hunting with my dad, and knowing where to get food in the wild and foraging and how to knowing what plants are edible and how to f- find berries that you can eat and which things to avoid, mushrooms, all of that needs to be happening from both sides and how to preserve that food that you get right and how to take care of a brand new baby and how to you know tricks for breastfeeding and and all of those things that's another thing that they confuse unnecessarily is breastfeeding they want to tell you that you know
0: they want to sell you formula
1: it's hard so you can give up and i know there's been in more recent years there's been campaigns to try to reverse that damage because they had so many people just giving formula i think there's lawsuits now against formula companies because of the kids were malnourished. I mean, well, it's, and they all
0: have freaking glyphosate in them
1: and it's corn syrup and it's other stuff worse than that. Like, and they tell you to give your baby's first food to be rice cereal and it was loaded with arsenic. It was, um, it's, it's oh, shocking. And, and
0: well, the, well, and you know, we have such a me, me, me now, 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 uh, culture that, um, Hey, you switch over to formula and you can start drinking and smoking again Oh
1: sure. Well, not only that, but like the the doctor says, okay, nurse the baby, and then it's like, oh, they're not getting any milk. Your milk's not coming in. You need to give them formula. Well, yeah. the, your milk comes in because the baby's nursing. So your milk's not in when the baby's born. Your milk comes in two to f- four days after the baby's born. Until then, they're getting just colostrum, and they only need a teaspoon of that in a day to get all of their nutrition. So as long as they're suckling, it's stimulating that. And then your milk comes in and then you have milk and then you nurse. And at first it might be painful or challenging, but just like anything, you and the baby work together to find your spot. And then once you get over that little hump in the first few weeks, then you can do this for years and years and not have any problems. And then so many people give up in that initial phase.
0: Yeah. There, I mean, it's probably not quite this extreme, but like what I'm picturing as you're saying that is that. Oh, the baby's been out for an hour and it needs to eat and you haven't produced your milk yet. Here, you want to try this carnation formula? It's good stuff. And, and, you know, we'll give you coupons. It'll give you 25% off. Oh,
1: I didn't even sign up for anything. And just because I think of getting a, you know, social security number or something, the state sends you, sends your information to like Infamil and like other... Um, Similax other um, brands of formula and they sent me they send in the mail full-size sa- samples like a whole tin like you would buy at the store a full-size sample of formula and they send you know a couple kinds the soy based one and the the one that's got, supposed to be uh, a gentle stomach formula and then some of them send these little ones that look more like single serving uh, powders in like a little foil tube and they're just taped to a postcard. and It's just come a pixie. It's really
0: just pixie sticks.
1: It's totally a pixie sticks because that's, that's sugar. And like, there are instances where something happens and the mother can't breastfeed or the horrible, you know, if some mother gets very, very sick or if they pass away and there's an infant there, but you can make real food formulas for babies that have raw cow's milk and raw uh, grass fed beef liver and things that actually provide nutrition. Um, but those resources you have to look for. That's hard to find. And it's not something that's ever spoken about. And if you told a normal doctor that you were doing that, they would probably try to have you your kids taken away. So it's it's a touchy subject because anyone who's been through the system, you have to kind of come to terms with that. Oh, it needed to happen that way because it uh, I was in danger. Because yeah. if you think that you could have done better, it, I mean, it's really hard to process. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a you know, it's one of those things it's a defense mechanism. Uh if you say, "Well, oh, you should have got a home birth." You're not saying that. If if you if you're talking about your home birth and someone else is hearing what you have to say and they think what you're saying is good, they're going to not they will, but some people will have a defense mechanism to respond to that by saying, well, I can't do that. Right. Well, you know, my, my baby blank, 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 the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. And if I'd done that, my baby would have died. And you're like, cool. I, I believe you <laughs> like, no, you know, whatever. But it's, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I think of this one time I was, I was talking to this guy about homeschooling my kids and he was really stoked on it and then I saw him again a few days later and he's like yeah I I talked to my dad and I asked my dad why why he didn't homeschool me and uh, and he uh, apparently the dad got really pissed off at him and told him about well you're in college right now and you're doing this and you're doing that and you were provided with if I'd homeschooled you we wouldn't have had food to eat kind of a thing Cause I was working. Right. And it's like, yeah. You know, like I just, I was like, yeah, man, you're, I'm sure your dad was a great man or is a great man. And, and you know, uh, awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But really I'm thinking,
1: no, nah, he had time. There's you time know? there. Like, there's just priorities shifting.
0: And, and it's the same thing with, with birth. You know, it's like, I'm sure that you had your reasons that you, that you know in your head that you should not have had a home birth. But chances are you coulda. Yeah, you know? well,
1: this. It, it all begins with us like knowing what our bodies are capable of and mm-hmm. being educated on what they go through to be able to open and release a child. And then being around people who know what that is as well. Because if you go to where the medical doctors have only been trained about the emergencies, Those people are going to look for emergencies until they find them. They're going to look for problems with your pregnancy and you until they find them or they create them.
0: They're making money. They're salesmen to a certain degree. They want to sell you medicine. They want to sell you formula. They want to sell you special friggin' safety equipment,
1: whatever. The system wants to sell you, but I really think the individual might, some think they're doing the right thing but they know nothing else. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, shit. I think we did a pretty good job of talking about stuff when we came in here with no subject.
1: (laughs) I could literally talk about home birth.
0: I know. And 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 we barely scratched the surface on, on home birth.
1: And that was, yeah. I mean, we got out that we watched loaded weapon one, but there wasn't the whole
0: point of this. (laughs) I I said, I didn't have a topic in mind, but I was like, I want to talk about loaded weapon one.
1: I just remember that he, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, he's, like, obsessing about how someone left him, and he keeps looking at this picture, and you assume the main character is, is grieving his, his wife, has either left him or passed away. But then you eventually see the picture, and it's a golden retriever. It's his dog. <laughs> he <laughs> misses dog. her so much. And doesn't doesn't he get back with her at the end? And they're like, yeah, I think they make out. They're like or something. making out, like the dog's licking his face. But I it's... don't know. The
0: baby was halfway out by the time <laughs> the movie was ending. I was like kind of still invested in it, but like kind of getting into this. You're like, thing.
1: yelling, quiet. I'm watching Loaded Weapon One. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just had to keep cranking it up. to
1: no, it's funny because we totally weren't watching TV for the last two hours or so, but I was in transition when we were watching that movie and it was it was a great memory. And uh when we were when we had the boy in the hospital, we had there was a South Park marathon on. And I remember at some point after he was born it was real quiet and I couldn't figure out how to turn the volume on the TV down, I couldn't figure out how to turn the TV off. During my labor, so it was on the entire labor. Was it on? Yeah, oh, I couldn't gosh, figure so. out how to turn it off. You know, it's like one of those things—the remote's like built into the side of the bed or yeah, something. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. And You'd think I,
0: one of the doctors—they're all so busy. Like at some point, they'd be like, "Hey, we're turning this television off. I like know. this is, you know, just more like sound we, and lights. We, and we are in their way, right? But the TV—that's <laughs> going.
1: Fine. Like, but so, and I don't some, even remember it some being point, on. I was like after. Um, South Park was on and it was a pretty, it was a, it was like a nurse came in and glared at us because of what was on the TV. Yeah. And I I wasn't even paying attention, but it brought me into that it was on and I I still couldn't figure out how to turn it off. But I was like, should we, we have a baby now. Are we, should we not be watching this kind of stuff?
0: No, we should be.
1: We should be, but we still haven't played. Let um, our little guy, our our eight year old, watch South Park yet. I'm not quite ready.
0: No, it's a, yeah, South Park. Oh, uh, well, you know, the infant would be okay.
1: Yeah, I think. But the eight-year-old, but the eight-year-old, no, he so likes. Much. He's He's got a good sense of humor and he uh, likes to repeat things and he talks a lot. So until yeah, he can learn yeah. to curb what he talks about in front of his grandma. <laughs> I,
0: I showed him like one episode of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, gosh. And what does he say to his grandmother the next time he sees her? I've got a big wiener. <laughs> like, wow. no, what was it he said? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I've got a big wiener and I could kick your ass. <laughs>
1: He said that to my mom. <laughs> he said that to your
0: mom, and I was just like, I was like, dude, we talked about this in general. I mean, maybe not particularly applied to that show or that or moment. That
1: state of that sentence and. To but the like, there's
0: certain things you don't say to your grandma, and I've got a big wiener, and I can kick your ass. <laughs> Is one of those things. Yeah, and he was he's like, totally he's like, he's like, I didn't mean it. And she knew I didn't mean it. And she did laugh, yeah, you I know, and it's not like, and I was just like, no, that's, that's like, and it was like, okay, so I can't show you Beavis and Butthead, you know, South Park. I can't show you yeah, vulgar, yeah, really vulgar stuff. And we watched some yet. pretty
1: ridiculously silly stuff and some, some stuff that was, you know, for older kids, but we have to pick it. And that's up to the parents to do.
0: We've watched some like R rated movies too. Uh, you know, the thing was R rated. Um, I don't know. It seems like we've seen a few. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he and I have like watched the alien movies, like more serious yeah. stuff, but those are all, you know, they're rated R. But
1: comedy that's going to really get him laughing about like, and gross stuff, butts and wieners. Yeah. 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 Probably you got to wait a little bit longer till he knows how to, uh, you know, uh, uh, read the room and, and, and pay attention to his audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I could talk a lot longer about so much of this, but I think we'll call it for now.
0: Yeah. I think that's good for a, for a single conversation because the way I'm hoping to see this podcast is now we're getting into it a little ways. Uh, I want to have a lot of people on and talk about family and kids. And I hope that we end up talking about, home birth and hospital birth from our perspective and hear other people's perspective basically over and over yeah, again yeah like not every episode with that specifically but there's like a lot of subjects about raising kids in I don't know what would you call this like an alternative lifestyle <laughs> yeah uh, that yeah. that sounds hella gay but uh, <laughs> people who th- who aren't um, uh, living a normal life, by, by, by current societal standards. You know, I want to know how people uh, talk about flat earth with their kids, or Or I want to know even more than how people talk about flat earth. I want to know how flat earthers talk about globe earth to their kids, stuff like that. Um, and I want to do that over and over again, not just once. I don't, I mean, we could talk about it like a conversation like this, but it would just be our opinions you know, our our, our conversation about it from
1: other people and how they do things.
0: And I'd like to hear that over and over again. And I think with that, we'll share what there's that we've never told this story twice. No, uh, the same. I mean, we've never told this, this story exactly the same twice of of the home birth. It's, it's, it's an interesting story. It's the same with the hospital one too. It's uh it's just as important of a story as the home birth is. And if we ever have another birth, that will be equally important to those as well.
1: And there's so. So, so many things that didn't come up today that could be triggered in another conversation yeah. that could be important to somebody to hear. And uh, I'm just looking forward to talking to other couples about marriage. Like not any couples, but you're right. The, the weirdos, the fringe dwellers, the outsiders, whatever you want to call Alternative lifestyle, people. Uh, we, <laughs> we have alternative them. lifestyle. Um, we want to talk about marriage and, and making a home you know, what it is to make a home and what a family is. And um, I think those are things that have been taken away from us and as well as in this uh, changing of society to be more materialistic and to separate from each other, mm-hmm. to be more selfish. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to a lot of cool people and yeah. and more about all of this.
0: Yeah, uh, another subject that fits in with all of that, with the more, more people we talk to, I really want to – uh, for ourselves hammer out and define what we call traditional family nuclear family and modern family mm-hmm. like i think they're three distinct things and i th- i think a lot of people would be surprised at some of our um definitions of those yeah. things uh even though i i feel like we're a whole community of people who probably all agree on these things but I don't know. I just kind of want to hammer it down and like be like, "Hey, this is where you and I stand yeah. on our belief on what family is."
1: Yeah. So we'd love to tell you as well that we made a Teespring shop. So we have I've designed some T-shirts. So if you want to support us, um, do that by buying some cool gear. Um, it's uh, called the So They Say collection. Uh, That started about a year ago when I got a button maker and I had some stamps made. Uh, Dinosaurs, so they say. Um, Space space travel, travel. so they say. Uh, So we've got a lot of that uh, going on there. Um, More to come. I've got some more in the works. And you you can email us if you want to check in with us. If you want to come on the show and talk to us about uh, raising a family having a marriage, uh, doing the homestead thing in the the world uh, as it is today. Um, just email the world as it is today at protonmail.com and follow us on Instagram as well. We'll post there when we put a new show up, grab our RSS feed from our world as it is today at uh, dot it's yeah, dot podbean.com. Anything else?
0: i I'm terrible at promoting. So I think you nailed it.
1: I did because I made all that stuff. So that's all me. All the, all the, the doing stuff for this is is totally, if this
0: was me doing the promotional stuff, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, you know, Instagram.
1: And then just drop the Uh, mic. And that's it. That's what I got. (laughs) got it. Well, this has been really fun. I'm glad we made time for this. Yeah, me too.